Good evening, Faith Center, and to all of the followers of Faith Center or whatever uh, social media you use to follow us. We're certainly thankful that you joined with us on tonight, and may the blessings of the Lord be with you and his face shine upon you. We're certainly praying for all of those who have lost loved ones, uh, believing and believing that the Lord is with them and he will comfort them and guide them in this time of bereavement. We trust and pray that you're having a wonderful day in the Lord and that the Lord's goodness and kindness has been extended toward you and you enjoy the privileges of being a child of the Most High God. And we just certainly say thank you uh, for your following, thank you for your support, thank you for your prayers, thank you for your love and affection toward us, and may the blessings of the Lord be with you. Well, we're getting closer to the day and the hour when we will be meeting together, and we trust and pray that uh, that time will be within the next uh, two-week period. Uh, we trust that you will govern yourselves accordingly and start preparing your hearts to join together with fellowship with your saints of the Most High God. And we thank God for that. It's getting exciting. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to what we want the church to look like uh, prior to your arrival. And so we're thanking the Lord for that. Uh, we just give God praise and we thank him for his goodness and his kindness. Tonight's chapter of study will be, uh, we're still in the book of uh, Acts. Uh, Acts is a very instrumental uh, chapter in the Bible. Uh, as a matter of fact, most theologians and individuals that follow the Bible or study the Bible uh, will attest to the fact that they believe that Acts is probably the most historical and accurate in its, in its history uh, as it portrays the events that transpired, uh, it names uh, kings and names rulers at that particular time, which are verified by the fact that those rulers did exist at the times that uh, the book Luke, uh, the author, said they existed. And so here we are now in Luke the chapter 14. We're about halfway through the book of Acts. And so we just trust you bear with us. Uh, it looks like sometime around uh, the latter two months of the year, we will conclude the book of Acts. And uh, trust that you will follow us unto the end. Trust that you'll be blessed by what you hear and by what you read and by what you study, uh, particularly on your own study time. Uh, so may the grace of God and the blessing of the Lord be with you. Before we pray, we're asking your indulgence, you will bow your heads and join with us in our opening prayer for tonight. Father, we thank you for our gathering here this evening. We ask our blessings. May your joy and your peace be upon us as we go into this, thy word. May we find joy that is to be located in the word of the Lord and allow that to become strength to us and to strengthen us through our crises that we encounter in life today. Lord, we pray that the opening of this scripture, this text, will benefit us in some way or way or means to guide us through life's 
journey. And Father, we thank you and we praise you and we magnify you and we lift you up and we give you the highest praise. Now open up our eyes and ears of understanding. Give us, O oh God, what you would like us to hear and receive and then allow us the privilege of manifesting that which is to be identified and recognized and conveyed to us in this session on tonight. Chapter 14 of the book of Acts, as we go into it now. We're going to be talking about Iconium, Lystra, or Lystra, and Derby. The expansion of the word of the Lord into these three Roman colonies as being part of the ministry assignment given to Paul and to Barnabas. Remember, it was the Holy Spirit that said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have for them to do. So this book of Acts really deals with the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding the church in his objective work that the Lord has for them to do. And so here we are expanding now the gospel of Jesus Christ into the Roman colony further and further, deeper and deeper. And as individuals get to understand the word of the Lord as Paul and Barnabas preach is what's which was their normal pattern, they had some difficult and struggled times, struggling times, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Roman colony, Iconium. They're, find, they're going to find some individuals in Iconium that do not like them. You're going to find the same in the church today. So people in the society that you will be around, in the society you will live in, they will not like you because you're expounding to them the truth. You're telling to them the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And it contradicts what their beliefs is, what their systems are, what their understandings are, what they have been taught, may have been taught wrong. But nevertheless, Paul Luke begins to write here in the book of Acts, Chapter number 14, verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews. Talking about Saul and Barnabas. And so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. Their gospel was so strong, their Words of the Lord were so anointed and so powerful that it not only convinced the Gentiles and the Greeks, but also the Jews. Now notice the challenge that they had. Every time they would go into a city, they'd have to find where the Jews were because that's who they were speaking to first. And the place where the Jews assembled was the synagogue. They knew they could find them on the synagogue on the, in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So their customary practice is they would go to the synagogue 
on the Sabbath day, and there preached. The order of service was to have a word after prayer and scripture and song. They would have a word from the law of the book, and then from the word from the prophet. And the leader of the synagogue, responsibility was to assign individuals the opportunity to speak a word of encouragement, a word of comfort, a word of knowledge, a word of belief to comfort those that were assembled there together. And so the ruler of the synagogue would appoint individuals that would come in and he would appoint them the opportunity to speak. Paul, recognizing that this opportunity afforded was afforded to them, took advantage of it. And everywhere they went, he was invited to speak. And so Paul would preach during his invitational period the gospel of Jesus Christ. He would tell them of the story of Jesus and how Jesus was slain for the sins of the world. And they will get forgiveness of sins through Christ Jesus, only through the word of the Lord. As he was speaking through Paul, through these opportunities that he was presented, the same thing happened to Barnabas. But there was also among the Jews an unbelieving group. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. They came against Paul, they came against Barnabas and what they were saying and what they were teaching and what they were speaking. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted unto them signs and wonders to be done by their hands. God was with them, demonstrating his power, demonstrating his glory, demonstrating his ability to heal, to deliver, to set free, to forgive. And this was good news to the Gentiles because the new Jews didn't preach forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. But the writer Luke let them know that they could be saved through Jesus Christ who died for their sins. But there was division. There was multitude of the city was divided. Part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. Not everybody's going to believe what you have to say. Not everybody's going to believe the word of God. Not everyone's going to believe. And so you have to be prepared to deal with the naysayers, deal with the unbelievers, as well as those that believe. But the multitude of the city was divided, part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. Some believe what the Jews were saying, some believe what the apostles were saying. But the multitude of the city was divided. And when there was an assault made both of the Greek Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully to come against what Paul and Barnabas were teaching. It got to the point where they wanted to stone them. 
Paul writes in Corinthians, I was once stoned. Perhaps he was thinking of the time in which he was with the Iconians. And with the word of the Lord, he was preaching and they stoned him. They were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derby, three Roman colonies in a row, as they traveled toward the inland part of the area into the coastal waters of the Mediterranean Sea. And in order to get to the coastal waters of the Mediterranean Sea, traveling from him, these highways were established by the Romans. And they've been used for many years. So Paul just and Barnabas just took advantage of the road that was there. And they traveled, and that road led them from Iconium to Lystra, and then to Derby. And from Derby they would go down into the Mediterranean sea coast. So anyone traveling necessarily would travel through Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. So Paul took advantage of that. Saul took advantage of that. Luke took advantage of that in their writing. And he said that they did that. They were aware of it and they, were, they fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lies around about. And there preached the gospel, as their manner, of course, was. There they preached the gospel of, the, of salvation through Jesus Christ, through the forgiveness of sins. And there sat a certain man at Lystra. I'm sorry, they were aware of it and departed unto Lystra and Derby, cities of life. So they left Iconium and fled and went to Lystra. And then they were going to move on to Derby. But in Lystra, they got sidetracked by a powerful message from the Lord, by a powerful certification from the Lord of their calling. And there sat at Lystra a certain man impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Hmm. This cripple from his mother's womb sat there at Lystra listening to what Paul was saying and giving intent Paul was speaking about the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking about the healing power of Jesus, speaking about the delivering power of Jesus. And this man somehow or another focused on what Paul was saying and what Barnabas was teaching. And he got a hold of faith. Faith grabbed him and arrested him. And the same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving Paul, looking at him, saying, perceiving he had faith to be healed. It is out they say that faith cannot be seen, but this faith was seen by Saul. As he preached the gospel, he could see that this man was grabbing hold to what he was saying, 
to the point that he believed that this man could be healed by the faith that he's demonstrating, by the belief that he has shown this man can be healed. And so being inspired by the Holy Spirit, He said to the man with a loud voice, stand up upright on thy feet. And he leaped up and walked. Paul, excited about the gospel of Jesus, preaching and teaching the word of God. Barnabas joining in with an amen corner. They were excited about what the Lord was doing and what he was preaching about and the power of the Lord. And the Bible says, glory to God. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And that power demonstrated itself in the midst of that group of people where the man at Lystra had never walked before. And Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, jumped up and said to him, Stand up on thy feet. And he stood up upright and began to walk. Oh, bless his name. It was so miraculous that when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voice saying at the speech of the Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. They began to see Paul and Barnabas not as human beings, but as part of immortals. Because they recognize and worship Zeus and they worship idols and they worship other entities that they had given godly powers to. And now to see it in before them, this demonstration of the God power through men that were normal men and human beings, but yet through their spoken word, a man leaps up who had never walked before, now begins to walk. So, thinking of these men, the gods have come down to us in the names and the likeness of men. So they call Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Then the priests of Jupiter, which was before their, their city, brought oxen, garlands unto the gate, and would have done sacrifice with the people. Which when the apostles Barnabas and Saul heard of this, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? Ye also, we also are men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, not the things that we've seen around here, not the statues, not the things you seem to be worshiping. But God has given the power of the Holy Ghost to men like us, ordinary people like you. It's available to you and you can have it too. You just have to yield and ask forgiveness of your sins through Jesus Christ. But the God that we're trying to introduce you to is the God who made the heavens and the earth. 
He's a God that you can't see. He's a God you can't fully grasp or understand. But he's there. He's there available to you. Any one of you that desires him, you can have him. And all these things who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. In times past, he overlooked this. He over times past, he allowed this war, this kind of worship to go on. Nevertheless, he left not himself without a witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons filling our hearts with food and with gladness. He made provision for us. The God that I'm talking about, the God that you witnessed the demonstrated power of the Holy Ghost, the God that you just saw healed this man, not me, not Barnabas, but God did the work. So since God did the work, we need to give God the glory. And the problem was, with everything they were saying, they scarcely restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. The power was so demonstrated, the man was so authentic, the healing was so astounding. No matter what Paul and Barnabas were saying, they just saw a miraculous power of God release in their sight. And they were extraordinarily amazed and had never seen it on that order before. And so they were just mesmerized by the power that these men demonstrated in healing this man who had never walked before. And with these sayings scarcely, and there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing that he was, he had been dead, thinking that they had killed this man. Because they saw the power that he was demonstrating. They didn't trust the power, didn't know where the power was coming from. He was mystified by them. And they knew that they had never seen it before. They never experienced it before. But here it was manifested in their sight. But they had seen the power of the glory of God being released. I remember when I was younger, praise God, I would see the power of God heal people. I see people that were drunk come in off the streets, get under the influence and walk out sober. That's what I've seen with these eyes. I've seen the healing of the Lord, a person come in on crutches and go out walking. Bless his holy name. These things I've seen. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose, stood up, and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to the city of Derby. It was three in a row, Iconium, Lystra, Finally, you get to Derby, and then from Derby, you'd head toward the Mediterranean coast. 
when they had preached the gospel in that city, they had taught many, many returned again to Lystra. And to according, they went back the same way they came, and to Antioch. Confirming the souls of the disciples. Exhorting them to continue in the faith. Because they were naysayers. There were people who didn't believe. There were people who could not, who did not witness what had happened. And didn't want to recognize the power of the Lord. And you have to sometimes keep the faith by yourself. Keep hope alive, as Jesse Jackson says. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now here's the change that's taking place in the writing. Before they were writing in the third person plural. Now, the writing is an inclusive term, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. We, that includes all of us, includes you, includes the Gentiles, includes the Greeks, includes the Jews, includes everyone under the sound of our voice. They thought that was good news. And then finally they said it's not good for us to leave the church unorganized to leave the church without leadership, for us to come in and preach the gospel and then all of a sudden people get saved, but they don't know what to do after that. So we need to appoint some leaders. And when he had ordained them elders in every church, hmm, them elders in every church, and had prayers with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So Paul left the church, he found the church in disorder and left the church in order. He found leaders that he would appoint. And when one text writes and says, lay hands suddenly on no man, that's what it's saying. It's saying don't endorse anybody suddenly, quickly, but wait until you find out who they are and what they are and what they're all about. Then you could lay hands on them, which gave them the symbol. That's a symbol of accepting them as brethren. So they would lay hands on these individuals as elders of the church, and as individuals that were in charge of the church as they left, knowing that they would keep it in good order. And after, and after they had passed throughout Pisidra, Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. When they had preached the word in Perga, they went down into Adelia, and then sailed to Antioch. But once they had been recommended to go by the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled, the assignment that they had done was given was to preach the gospel to the Jews, Gentiles incorporate them into the family of God, to give them the word of God and let them know that God includes them in his family. And when they were come, they had gathered the church together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them 
And now he had opened the door of the faith unto the Gentiles, the door of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And when faith was truly come, they put away childish things. And there abode a long time with the disciples. That phrase, there abode a long time, means they stayed there for more than a year, preaching the gospel, enunciating and answering their questions, giving them information and guidance, teaching them the word of the Lord, and going through what was available to them at that particular time, whatever word was available at that time, whatever was written at that particular time, whatever the prophets had written at that particular time, they needed understanding. And the Holy Ghost would, through divine revelation, give them revelation of knowledge of what the Lord was saying. And these men would preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, which was a strange gospel, and then supported by healings, by deliverances, by making a way, by supplying the needs to those in need, by big, big raising money for those that were suffering, keeping the family of God in good shape. And that's what the church is all about today, keeping the family of God in good condition, teaching the word of God to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not to trust in their own selves, but to trust in the Lord. When you put your trust in the Lord, he will direct your path. He will give you guidance. He will give you direction. He will give you comfort. He will give you the leadership you need. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your people. Pray as we conclude this 14th chapter. And there they abode a long time with the disciples. Paul said, we're going to stay here a while. That we know you know that you know that you know and your know knows that you know the truth of what's going on. So Father today we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you Lord for the word that you have given. We trust that the leaders that you have raised up today, the leaders that you have called today will do the same thing that Paul and Barnabas did. Teach the family of God. Teach them the word of God. Teach them the power of God and allow the Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide with them henceforth now and forever. And they will be anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. And that the Spirit of God will prevail throughout the church. And the church members and people will be blessed by the Lord. They will receive the anointing power of the Holy Ghost that will lead them and guide them and give them the ability to win souls for you, to help those in need and in the time of crisis, to give them the answers, O oh God, in the time of suffering, and to bless them, O oh God, we pray, with unusual and undemonstrated strength, that, O oh God, you and only you can provide to his people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Well, as we go into 
the time of giving, support of the church is absolutely necessary. And we trust and pray that you will give as the Lord has anointed you to give. On your screen should be the four methods of giving to Faith Center Ministries. You can choose any one that you desire. It will all ultimately wind up in the same basket. And we just trust and pray that you'll continue to support the church and trust in the Lord and believe the Lord so we can open up and do what we want to do to the glory of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. May God's blessing be with you and rest you and abide with you. Here we do our offertory prayer. Father, this is my seed that I now deposit into your kingdom. It represents my love and devotion that I have towards you. I thank you for the opportunity to sow into your kingdom, and I do this with joy and thanksgiving. I believe that this seed that I now deposit into your kingdom will bring to me a great harvest. I receive that harvest now. And with that harvest, I'll be able to sow again into your kingdom. I give you thanks for this opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. Well, give glory to God, give praise to God, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in this day and this time. Looking forward to the opening so we can fellowship with you, be in warmth, praising of God with you, dancing before the Lord together, shouting before the Lord together, and just magnifying the Lord together. And we give God praise and thanks that all things will work to the glory of his power. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day. Great evening.